HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah. That cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. Today in the studio, we have a good buddy of mine, Robert Newton, chef owner of Searsucker in the lovely Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thanks, man. Nice to be here. I'm glad we have you on the show. Um, so, you've been a very busy man for the last couple of years. Um, you've got uh, this great place, Searsucker, uh, southern-inspired, all domestic, when it's Pretty much strictly all everything. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. Uh, domestic American products. Um, now you started out uh, this place, uh, Searsucker. You've got uh, your food, your wine, and beer. And just recently, you got your full liquor license. So that's opened up a whole new can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really cool. Um, I mean, let's talk a, a little bit about the, uh, the inspiration before we get into uh, the drinks and a little bit about the food and. The whole like culture, totally. It's a local and domestic American vibe. Well, I'm really, I'm really into that. You know, it's if you and I were doing this lovely show in, I don't know, Rome right now. When when we get done with this show, if we were going out in Rome, we'd probably have Italian food. (laughs) We'd probably have Italian wine, and we'd probably have some foods that were going locally. So I just wanted to take that idea. And do the American thing with it and do the right thing with it and treat the ingredients properly and seasonally and use things that are close by. And the natural extension of that was my wine list should be all American. That's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and by extension, when we got into spirits, we did the same thing. And all, my, all the products I use in terms of food, um, they're all American-based as well, from olive oil to you know peppercorn and stuff like that. Not so much because that's a little more difficult. Right. But all the food, for sure. Cool. And... Now this comes from uh, your your background in. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, first of all, you've been cooking for a while, but you yeah. you're from where we found out we're neighbors. Or, yeah. no, we're neighbors. We're old state neighbors. You're yeah, from, from Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, and I'm from Oklahoma, which is great. So you've got in your uh, on your menu, you've got all these really awesome uh, kind of spins on <laughs> Southern classics. Which Absolutely. anyone that's from there's so many transplants from the South. 
in New York City that, you know, this is extremely welcome. You know, It's like catnip, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like when you, uh, when you find a bar that has Lone Star in it, you're like, whoa! Yeah, right, totally. I'm never leaving. Or Dixie. Or yeah, Black exactly. and Voodoo Lager. Exactly. Like that. So, talking about the food here then, what are some of your favorites as far as the, uh, the classics? You know, like when we talk about classic Southern food, obviously you've got your fried chicken, which is amazing. Yeah, totally. Let's talk Thank a little you. bit about the, uh, the other. Classic, well, classic stuff in terms of Southern food. I mean, we do, we do Hop and John year-round. It's not just for New Year's Day. Hmm. And I do Hop and John fried rice. So I take the idea of Hop and John and put it all into a fried rice. So you still get the rice. You still get the beans. You still get the cheddar. I only I do tomatoes in the summertime, obviously, but um, but we take that the, the ingredients and kind of turn it on its head and turn it into a fried rice, and we deglaze the pan um, with red eye gravy, which you don't really see very right. often in uh, in Hop and John. But you always got the pork product there, and I figured why not bring that soy sauce umami kind of vibe to a really cool dish, and then top it off with cheddar. We use field peas from South Carolina instead of black eyed peas, and the rice is from South Carolina, so we're you know. We're trying to do the right thing and respect the ingredients. You know? Even your soy sauce is from that. It's like the, uh, the totally. barrel-aged people. Kentucky, man, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And like we were talking the other day, they actually have an all-vegetarian uh, uh, Worcestershire sauce. So Yeah. Which you we, turned me on to. I, didn't, I knew that they did that, but I didn't realize it didn't have anchovies in it, which is... Which i got to get my hands on that. Yeah, yeah for, the, for the vegan Bloody Mary uh-huh. drinkers out there. <laughs> totally. um, so, uh, one of my other favorite things that you have on your menu... Um, is I mean it's hard for me to not order the fried chicken every time. I hear you, but a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> but I mean the catfish is awesome too, and I, I like going there for brunch, man. I like I like grits. Yeah, grits. We had shrimp and grits for a long time, and I've just moved on. Doesn't mean I don't love shrimp and grits, but I just moved on to other explorations with shrimp. And um, go back to the catfish. I mean, catfish is something I grew up catching. Yeah, me you too. did probably yeah, too. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, learn how to clean my own and cook my own. And, but then also down south, there's catfish houses everywhere. Right. You know, and I grew up, that's why I was a fat little kid, you know, just eating <laughs> fried catfish all the time. But I wanted, you know, that, the dish that we do is, it's an iceberg slaw with uh, celery seed vinaigrette. And that just sort of really encompasses what, I'm, what I personally am trying to do with my southern food and, my, and, and seersucker. It's just kind of lighten it up, you know, without stripping it of its soul. So right. if you and I were in... Mountain Home, Arkansas, where I'm from tonight, and we go to Fred's Fish House. We get fried catfish with French fries and hush yeah. puppies and like a oh, slice man. of onion. And I just wanted to lighten it up. It doesn't mean I don't love French fries, but I just want to bring some balance. So we have the fried catfish. I do it classically, cornmeal crust. But then I start with a little slaw and lighten it up. Almost kind of like taking a page from the Vietnamese. You know, they have something fresh and crispy with yeah. something, some of the fried. A little spicy mayonnaise, homemade hot sauce, homemade mayonnaise. Yeah. How do you guys make your, I mean, don't give me any the secrets, hot sauce? but yeah. Oh, uh, chili de arbol. Yeah, and organic tomatoes, vinegar, salt—really, really straightforward. No, no funny business. And you guys use that in your uh, michelada, absolutely during brunch, which I think is awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, Dixie, and you use Dixie. <laughs> yeah, totally. So cool. Um, so, as far uh, as like, I, I don't really—I don't think we've ever talked about how you got into this. Was it because of like cleaning your catfish and like cooking them yourself? I mean, like, what got you into this uh, food? To cook into food, yeah. Like back in the day, um, I mean, I guess it was my family. You know, my dad grew up on a farm where they killed their own hogs, and my dad made his own hams and made their own bacon. And you know, they killed hogs in December when it got cold. And and then, obviously, I didn't really grow up like that. We had a garden 
Um, so we grew our own corn and you know, we didn't make cornmeal like my dad did, but my dad grew up in that environment um, out of necessity. And then he brought some of that to my family traditions, if you will. So I was exposed to like canning in the summer and picking green beans and making our own tomato sauce that we put up for the winter time. And I wouldn't say that I grew up in a foodie family by any shot, but food was really important and really focal. And I knew good food from day one. Yeah. So it just sort of happened organically. I went, you know, went to college and all that stuff, but it just, I just sort of gravitated toward food and decided to go to culinary school. And I went to culinary school in 95 and there was no food network. There was none of that business. And not that there's anything wrong with the Food Network, but I just, I, you know, the, sh- the image you had of a chef in 1995 was like the fat guy drinking brandy, smoking a cigarette, and like being kind yeah. of a sloth. And I didn't even know there's culinary schools, so I started, started to look into it. Yeah. And one thing led to another, and I wound up in New York in 97 working in Le Cirque and just kind of went from there. Cool, man. Yeah. And I think it's really important because, especially since you're doing so many, like, Awesome, like especially like all the pit, uh, pickled vegetables, yeah. And you grew up with the, that garden. It's like you can taste the difference, you know, when you when you taste good vegetables. That absolutely, you know. And I know you get a lot it's of seasonal, stuff. yeah. And you get a lot of stuff from the uh, the farmers market that comes through too, right? Yeah, man. It's right. You know, I could throw a baseball on Sundays and hit people, <laughs> <laughs> hit the farmers, which I wouldn't want to do. But um, I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, when you when you talk about seasonality and you, if you know how to cook and you have like a genre you want to stay within. And I like to stay within Southern food, you know, once you know how to cook and once you know what it is you want to say about food, then you can just kind of let the seasons take over. Yeah. You know, when sunchokes come around, I do crispy sunchokes. That's what I'm into. When Brussels sprouts are here, I hit them with bacon, bacon fat and red wine vinegar. That's tasty. Yeah. Whenever tomatoes are here, yes, you, you do tomatoes <laughs> and like basil and mint or whatever herb you want. And you just kind of let the seasons take the lead. And then you just put, you just like, I choose to, interpret that through a southern lens that's just kind of what i'm into absolutely and you know what this is a really and it's part of my my heritage my life yeah you know of course (laughs) it's not a fad (laughs) yeah i mean and to me there are certain cuisines that that call you can actually like pair cocktails with and they're so like it was one of them southern food is definitely (laughs) one of them yeah um and i guess i really never thought of that before I didn't really, I didn't put the two together because when I was living in Oklahoma, you know, growing yeah. up, I wasn't thinking about having a, a sorghum old fashioned and I was, you know, really. to go with thinking my, about stealing beer from the, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll steal beer from the restaurant I work in and I get caught because I'm 15 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, especially, you know, like when you think about corn and you think about like bourbon and you know, when you think about like the sorghum, you think, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. We're, we're talking about so many things that just naturally over time have kind of come together or come from one of those products, you know, and the things that are grown there, the things that are grown. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when we start talking about your, your moonshines and like your, like sugar wash whiskeys and things like this. And which is basically a rum, you know, but you know, back in those days, they're basically distilling anything to get their hands on. Anything anything has sugar around. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So you naturally have all these cool ingredients, local, ingredients that being cooked out in in the woods in the middle of the night yeah. turn them into alcohol um and i think that's really cool when we uh started talking when you were like dude i'm getting my liquor license we started talking about cocktails and i was like man this is gonna be great this is yeah, be really yeah, cool yeah. so some of the other things that you've done with the cocktail list well first of all let's go back to to wine a little bit too because obviously you've got um a lot of stuff from like upstate and finger lakes uh out 
Long Island, but you also have like your your West Coast stuff. Totally. Just, you know, I mean, they got sparkling from New Mexico, sparkling from Virginia. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kluge, which doesn't exist anymore, but I still have some of it. Um, nice. I'm just so really. You should sit on it, seller it. Yeah, it's gonna be called <laughs> Trump, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it goes back to what we were saying before. I. I'm just committed to that ideal. I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's the right thing for our wine industry and beer industry, for that matter. Um, and I think the next wave is going to be, you know, micro distilling. People like me and you decide we want to make rum or decide we want to make white dog or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the best way for us to advance the wine industry is to drink our own juice. Get high on you your know? own supply. Yeah. So <laughs> not every single wine from New York is great. But I got news for you. Not everyone from France is great either. Yeah, that's true. You know, you just got to do your due diligence and get out there and taste. And there's enough good wine out there made in America and made in some not so thought of, it's not so often thought of uh, wine hotspots that you can comprise a list that's interesting and tasteful. I have an awesome Lindberger from Fox Run out, out of the Finger Lakes. It's, mm-hmm. you know, that's Blafrankish in Europe. So it's phenomenal. It's dark. It's funky. Not in a green asparagus funky new york state wine kind of way which some you know unfortunately sometimes happens um but i'm really really committed to that and i'm i'm i don't see any reason to to do it any other way it's the right thing to do for me yeah absolutely and it's it's cool because like you know there's there's so many things to choose from out there and as far as like wine based you know you've got like uh, like via vermouth which i know you use totally. from Quady, uh, yeah. Napa Valley. And you've got like all these like dessert wines and stuff that when you originally started putting some cocktails together with your list, you were you're using what you could use legally, yeah, like beer yeah. and wine. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you did really cool things with like we talked about before, the Michelada with your house made hot sauce. Yeah. It's great. You know. Yeah, and, one of the things if you only have beer and wine, one of the things a lot of people do is you show you. And I just didn't have yeah. that luxury, you know. I couldn't do like a show you Bloody Mary because it's Korean as a rule. Um but yeah, once we got full liquor, it just kind of changed everything. And I, going back to my larger point, like I was committed to an American wine list and American beers and local foods as much as possible. Um, and I just saw spirits as a natural extension of that. And I think micro distilling is going to be the next wave. I think it's going to be where micro brews and craft beers were in the 90s. You know, now everyone thinks that the threshold is going to be met where we can't take any more micro breweries. They're just not, you know, there's not enough market, but it's endless. You know, yeah. it's endless. And I think you're going to see the same wave of people making their own rum and making their own gin. And uh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And especially now that in New York State, like, to get a Class D license, I mean, it's, not it's, a, lot, it's yeah. a lot easier than it used to be. It's like a farm act or something, right? You probably know more yeah. about than I do. Some kind of farming thing there. Yeah. It makes it easier. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are certain places, like, you know, you've got, like, the New York Distilling Company. They even have a bar attached to it. Yeah. That, it's like impossible. That's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's super hot. But uh, no, yeah. like the Brooklyn gin and the Brooklyn whiskey, and you know we're doing Brooklyn Republic vodka, and, and there's you know there's Long Island vodka mm-hmm. from Long Island, obviously, and 100 percent potato. It's great. Yeah, man. It's it's old school. How are you not going to use that? Yeah. Why? Why not? You know. And even I, I, the, it's, it's just where I'm coming from. Like I don't need to bring in you know vodka from Russia. It might be awesome, but. It's like bringing bottled water from Fiji. We don't use bottled water. We have our own filtration. We do our own sparkling. We do our own still. It's filtered in-house. We have our own bottles. It's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Period. You know? Awesome. I mean, even, you know, like Tuttletown, those guys, I mean. Super close. Super awesome. Absolutely. Great guys. Absolutely. Just up there last month. 
Um, but yeah, there's so much more to choose from nowadays, and we're just we've just covered New York State. Yeah, yeah totally. we <laughs> and, did talk about uh, High West. <laughs> yeah, you know, we uh, haven't even gotten into like Kentucky, Kentucky, <laughs> right. which is what we're going to talk yeah. about. Uh, yeah. I think we should take a little quick break here, uh-huh. and uh, when we get back, let's like yeah, let's get into the get in the bourbon conversation. Yeah, cool, man. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com. And we're back. In the studio today, we have Robert Newton, chef owner of Searsucker Restaurant in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. We were just talking about uh, the fact that Seersucker is 100% all-American products and ingredients, and everything down to the sorghum you're using to uh, glaze. Tennessee, baby. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the uh, spirits right before we left for the break. And we just, we've only covered New York, really. Um, yeah. But, I mean, when we think about, especially Southern American, we think about whiskey, man. We're thinking about bourbon. Dude, um, bourbon's the first thing that pops in your brain. Yeah, exactly. For me, at least. Well, me too. It's but the most American. I mean, it's, it's what's more American than that? Yeah, exactly, man. Bourbon. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously now we've got lots more to choose from now that we've moved out of New York State. Yeah. What are Okay, so you've got... Uh, I know that you do have uh, one of your cocktails. It's called the, uh, the Reverend, and it has Elijah Craig. And Elijah Craig actually has been... Uh, given uh, props as you know the guy who basically invented bourbon whiskey as we know it today. I think he's a reverend, right? He, he was. was. That's why we moved with the, the good reverend Elijah <laughs> That's Craig. Sure, I got my facts right. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because he was uh, storing bourbon, uh, some whiskey that he had just cooked up uh, in a in a barrel. Apparently, he was being very frugal and reusing a barrel because you know they would use yeah. barrels to store anything like corn, fish, you know, wheat, whatever it was. So. Uh, he probably had some like pickles in it. He didn't want to, he didn't want his whiskey tasting like pickle. But yeah. then we flash forward three hundred years and we've got the Bushwick Country Club doing picklebacks. So right yeah, who knows? That might have worked out. It, we might have had the pickleback way back. Yeah, but yeah, the original pickleback. The original pickleback. But so he uh, chars the inside of the barrel, which is 
one of the rules with bourbon and floats it down the Mississippi River for a long trip. And by the time we got to New Orleans, they're like, oh, this is delicious. Where does this come from? It's from bourbon County. It's a County. delicious flavor. So we do have the, the good Reverend Elijah Craig to thank for that. This one, you're mixing it with uh, black pepper and rhubarb bitters. I'm assuming the rhubarb bitters are from Fee Brothers out of Rochester. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. And going back to New York there. Um, yep. So with that in mind, you, you know, you've you've really... And you've got the sorghum old fashioned, which is one we should First talk one about. one we did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing... Tell, talk, to, talk us through sorghum for a little bit. Sorghum, man. Um, I mean, I guess the long and short of it is sorghum is the maple syrup of the South. You know, maple trees don't grow down there. And yeah. um, molasses has its own, you know, really distinct, strong flavor. And it, it's very prevalent in the South. But sorghum, you know, it's, it's not sugar-based at all. It comes from a grain. And you cook it up, make a syrup open pot cook it down make, you know reduce it it caramelizes and it gets a lot of body and i think it's a little cleaner than molasses i like molasses for certain applications sure. don't, don't get me wrong but there's just something about sorghum and you know it was on the table at my grandparents house it's like oh here's a biscuit and some butter and yeah i'm gonna have some sorghum on that and it's great with you know mixing it with butter and putting it on a pancake but it also it's it's good with pork because it's sweet it's also good with cocktails because it's sweet and has a little funk to it, and that's how we wound up there. And Especially with old overholt rye and the uh, the sorghum old fashioned, which has like a big peanut grainy quality to it. We were just drinking some last week on the show with Nick Jarrett, but we were of course drinking old overholt from 1951, <laughs> which is very different. Which is very different, <laughs> but still, it's still there. So I, I love the uh, the sorghum old fashioned. I think it's a really clever like southern kind of twist on that. And, yeah, it's uh, just good and clean, man. Yeah, you know? totally. It's it's American. How are you going to get more American than that? It's old you know, fashioned. It's like man. an American cocktail. That's exactly that's right. It, it's like one of the. That's like the the oldest cocktail. Well, because they, it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then you've got the Albuquerque cocktail. We were just talking about a uh, Gruet out of uh, out of New Mexico, which is where we get totally. some pretty awesome sparkling wines. They do really amazing rosé too. Um, Absolutely, man. They do a really nice job. French owned, mm-hmm. French family, I believe, owns that. How do they end up in in New Mexico? That's weird. Well, you know, I don't want anybody to take me to task on this, but I think they started in California and it wasn't working right. And somehow they wound up in New Mexico doing soil tests. And they go to a lot of work to make these wines. They 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 have to irrigate the water in because they they had the right soil, but they didn't have enough irrigation. So they pump in water and they go to great lengths to to make this product. And um, to, to my thinking, it's one of the premier sparkling wines in America. I've had it from day one. Yeah. That's actually kind of a cool point to make, um, especially with the whole like all-American thing. It's like... You can't like, say champagne, that one? Well, no, 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 <laughs> not that. But um, I just remember like growing up on farms and like seeing how they would have to like... You know, there's so many droughts in the South. Like totally. you, you have to work really hard at making something grow in certain Absolutely. places. And I think that's pretty cool. Like if you have the right soil, it's like, all right, let's bring in some water, man. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Everything else is lined up. We can bring water in, you know. I think that's that's very admirable. You know? It's also a necessity back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to do you it. Had to. Yeah. <laughs> um, the capote. You've got one uh, with uh, the Brooklyn gin, uh, dry vermouth, herb saint, and house pepper vinegar. They, uh, everyone knows that I love vinegar in cocktails. Yeah. Um, so that one's really cool because. I mean, you've got kind of like like a fourth degree, like a spicy fourth degree cocktail, or like a uh, like the obituary, which is also 
classic like New Orleans cocktail, which is cool. Um, and you've kept the the Michelada on the uh, the list as well, which you're never going to take off. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. People get mad when you take stuff away from them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, one of my other favorite cocktails you guys have is the Yankee. I love the Yankee. Which is cool. So good. Because you've got... So, so good. You've got the Berkshire rum, which people don't really think about, like, rum being produced in America, but there are several people producing it now. And actually, back in the day... Back in the day, exactly. Back in the day, there was a lot yeah. more rum being produced in the United States. Yeah. The you whole know. triangle thing. Yeah. yeah. The whole... Yeah. The triangle trade and everything. Yeah. And and even, like, we talked about... We kind of touched on, like, when we were talking about moonshine, the whole, like, uh, like sugar-washed whiskey. That's mm-hmm. basically a rum. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Different, different name. Yeah. You know? um, well, the whole—I mean, bitter, I know you love Bitterman stuff, and we. Yeah, they've we been have, on the show a couple times. Yeah, they're, they're great. cool people, and they make a really good product, and they—they they make an all-American cocktail program more doable than <laughs> maybe it was before they were around. You know, oh, they yeah. have a lot of amaro type things and bitters, obviously, and things that you can put into your arsenal to make mm-hmm. a really tasty all-American cocktail. So yeah. I'm happy to have them around. I mean, and you know, they're they're not stopping there. They're going to keep continuing. Totally. They're going to continue to make more and more yeah. things accessible. Man. Yeah, they very, yeah. they very much so are. Um, so, and then, uh, of course, the seal box. Hey, man, she's one of the. I wonder oh, where that idea came from. <laughs> <laughs> I need the, to publicly thank you for that. Oh, dude, no. You sent us there, Carrie. Carrie, my girlfriend, business partner. We, you sent us there. We were on a road trip home to see my mom in Arkansas for Thanksgiving. And we went to that hotel. It's a big, beautiful hotel, and I think we had we had we sat at the bar downstairs and had a seal box. And I thank you for that. Awesome, it's good stuff. Are you using? So that? we just did our own spin on it. Yeah, Are you using the Gruyere in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. have to, right? And then, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and um, I think the Brooklyn whiskey really—it's got a little harsher thing going on there, in a good way that makes it good for that yeah. drink. You know, just kind of—it really comes through without, without running over it. Yeah, and you know, Sealbach, it's such a like just good, clean, classic cocktail. It's got simple, tons clean, of bitters in it. Totally, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good across the board. Absolutely, yeah, cool. So going back to the Capote, man, like yeah, that. Now he's a son of the South. He's from Alabama, right? But he also lived in Brooklyn, and that's perfect. So I mean, this is Brooklyn gin, and it's from the. I mean, it had to be done. I, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's had to do it. So we're really proud of that one, Michaela. Our director of operations came up with that, and um, Carrie's really into Capote, so she named it. And nice. it was a collaboration, and it's delicious. So it's a win-win-win all, all across the board. Absolutely. So now that we have, now that you have the uh, the cocktails going, like, what if, how, do you feel like like your your restaurant has kind of like come like full circle and like kind of like flushed out? Yeah, I mean, we'll be two years in May, which is you know restaurant milestone for new restaurateurs such as myself. Um, it's really happening on its own. You know, I when I opened up, we were doing coffee service in the morning, we were doing lunch, we were doing dinner, we were like six days a week. And um, yeah, and now you have you have yeah. your coffee shop down the street. Yeah, so on it's the all same changed. Bar. You know, everything's just <laughs> happening organically, all for the good, you know. Thank goodness. I, I, um, I love the, the Smith Canteen, which... Totally. I, yeah. you know, it's, it's a great shop. Right there on the corner. Yeah. I don't know how you got that location. It's crazy. I don't know. It happened organically, I guess. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tagline, I guess. Yeah. It just kind of fell in our lap because we had only been open at Searsucker for about six months, and a middle person came to us because they liked what we were doing at Searsucker and the way we run our restaurant. And 
Nobody has any business planning to open a second restaurant in month six of their first one. And <laughs> well, Carrie they, and I looked at each other. They have like, ideas of it. But. Yeah, but maybe it's not based in reality. Uh, so we're just like, we can't let that space go. It's a pharmacy from 1905. I mean, how are you going to say no to that? There, man. You know? So we just doubled down and, you know, we <laughs> we just took everything we had. And we'd already taken everything we had to get Searsucker off the ground. It's a true labor of love and we're really proud of it. And, we just said, screw it, man. Let's double down and go all in. And, you know, I'm sitting here. We're still alive. So it's, it's yeah. been fun, man. It's hard work, but I don't, I don't I have no regrets. We're just kind of bobbing and weaving and making it all come together and trying to really, truly, at the end of the day, put out products that we believe in, create jobs for our, our friends and um, people that come our way in the neighborhood and create some jobs for Brooklyn and just do the right thing. Cool, That's man. really where we're at. Great. Yeah. I have I have one last thing to talk to you about before Here we, we leave. Uh, oh no, I'm not. Okay, no, 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 don't. It's not a gotcha <laughs> moment. Wait a minute, Jack. Do you have the the gotcha? Do you have the hood? <laughs> That's the gotcha sound. Yeah, that was it, right? <laughs> Thanks, Jack. This guy. That wasn't the boar. <laughs> but uh, now that you pointed that out, that would be kind of awesome. Yeah, um, I can see his big cheek, man. We could really cure that up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, no, man. You you have a little backyard space behind uh, Seersucker. Yeah. Are you, any plans with that? I mean, like we were just talking about, like growing gardens Backyards and pickling and stuff, man. Well, the obvious thing is people want to have brunch out there. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. You, know? um, you could do both. A little bit of both. I could do both. I mean, it's tricky. Brooklyn backyards are tricky, and we would love to do something out there. Obviously, we have the space, and we have plans to do something with it. We're just not entirely sure if we're going to try to go the route of serving food out there or just have it as a waiting room when people are waiting for tables. My latest thoughts are just to turn it into a garden, you know, and, and grow some stuff. Grow my own yeah. herbs. Maybe put a pecan tree or something out there. We don't get a ton of light. Um, the short answer is yes, we're going to do something. The long answer is <laughs> not sure I'm not entirely sure what it is yet, but well, we're going to do something. Well, if it's anything like what you've been doing, uh, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. incredibly amazing. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, man. So you got a website. Totally. Yeah. SearsuckerBrooklyn.com. SearsuckerBrooklyn. Yeah. Check and that Smith out. SmithCanteen.com. Smith Canteen. Two awesome places in the the best neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yeah, no kidding, man. Right. No kidding. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for coming on. Right on. And, uh, yeah. So go to Searsucker Brooklyn and, and Smith Canteen, and you will find yourself very happy. Get the fried chicken. I say eat catfish. <laughs> All right, thanks, Rob. Thanks, man. Cheers. Yes, Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. Yes, he's high.